Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Courts That Sound Off Podcast once again. It is a big week, obviously, UC 271 Fight Week. We got some UC Vegas 47 to go over, as well as some boxing news, some MMA news. You guys know the deal. Before we get the show started, as always, go to RogueEnergy.com. Do a 10% off your order. Use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Let's go to SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Always have been a big uh, sponsor of the show for a long time. Uh, always love... You know, give them some love. Feel free to go, guys. Get yourself something. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. You want to go ahead and get your booze something from there? Use code SOUNDOFF, 10% off. Uh, but as far as fighting goes, last Saturday night from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, UC Vegas 47 main event, Sean Strickland continues his rise in the middleweight division, defeating Jack Hermanson via a terrible split decision, uh, 49-46, 47-48 for Hermanson and 49-46 for Strickland once again. Um, you know, Sean Strickland's a guy who likes talking about how he wants to kill people inside of the cage. The only thing that he killed was my interest in the fight as it progressed. Angel, what was your thoughts <laughs> on Saturday night? It, you know, it was a bit lacking for me, man. He did heat up there at the very end, but, uh, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Uh, but you know, I can't blame him, right? He was tight. He did what he had to do, but, uh, I did, I did want a little bit more, man, but it, it just didn't get me as, it didn't keep me as engaged as I thought it would have. And uh, I felt like I wanted more out of it. And I felt like his last fight, even his last fight against Shariah, wasn't even the most exciting either, if I remember right. Correct. It was not It was not very great. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, man, he, he won. He doesn't give a fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> he made his money. So, it is what it is, man. You know, I, I watched it. You know, it was still fun. Lead up to it was still fun. And there was a lot of good things there. And he can fight again soon. He didn't seem like he had taken too much damage. So, we might be seeing him soon again, depending on what happens. This weekend, which I mean, we'll get into that into a bit. I mean, but there's not much to say. I mean, besides that, Saldamato was on all the Pamanya and uh, <laughs> that you know he might we might not see him uh, for a while. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, and that was that's probably the worst scorecard of the year. Um, I don't think it's even close. Yeah, actually, I forgot it's a new year. It's only February, but yeah, by uh, including 2021, probably the worst scorecard, depending, depending on when. When did RDA and um, Paul Felder fight? I think that was 2020. That might have been uh, That was a split decision. So, yeah, I, dude, that, but this is probably worse than that. Um, I don't even – finding your man to two rounds is a struggle, let alone, let alone three. Yeah, man, fight itself, um, you know, he did what he had to do, you know. Um, and that happens. He, yeah, and that happens. You know, he has a nice jab. He's still going to be a problem for some guys moving upward in the division. But I think he, I think we kind of saw his limit. Like, and, and like, and it's not a bad one to have. But like, being a top five guy is not a bad limit at all. But I feel like we really kind of saw over his last two main events what he has. Um, he kind of lacks a lot of finishing power. He can manage a fight well. He he absolutely can. He's good with his pressure. He can tire guys out, but he would take that defense as well. But I feel like once he starts getting into the upper echelon of these guys, like. Brunson, Cannonier, Adesanya, Whitaker. I think that, you know, he's going to hit a wall. And he's going to be fighting, I'm willing to bet, one of those four guys next. So we'll see what happens. Overall, at least he got the win. He continues moving upwards. Good for Sean Strickland. Um, you know, this card was interesting overall, but co-main events, uh, 
You know, we said it was a weird placement, ended up being the wrong placement. Nick Maximov <laughs> uh, defeating Punamele Soriano via split decision, 28-29, 30 29-28. Um, the Diaz Army continues. He, you know, Diaz uh, Army product continues. Gets another win inside the UFC. Um, I know, Angel, I'm pretty sure you disagree with the decision. I'm pretty sure you stated that on Twitter. I could be missing up the fight, but what do you think about the fight itself? What do you think about the decision? I mean, I thought it was a fun fight. I thought the style matchup was interesting. I did not agree with the decision at all. I thought that uh, Soriano was more active from below. He was he, he was doing more damage. He was trying to he was just more active. And he wasn't just trying to stay on the ground. Whereas I felt like Maxwell was just trying to keep him down there and just kind of control. And I'm like, I do get that control is one of the criteria, but I know damage is above control. Correct. That is how that works. So I'm kind of like. I just felt like that, that shouldn't have warranted that decision. And, uh, I disagreed with it. I was very disappointed, but I'm like, hey, it is what it is. We're here now. Uh, I'm having a tough start to the year, Josh, <laughs> with my picks, but it is what it is, you know. I've had, uh, some pretty out there ones, I don't think, but I've had some good picks. I think I've made some good picks too. Uh, mm. the few I have. And obviously we're back on a pay-per-view, so it's showtime. I need, I need to go hard. It's showtime. Uh, yeah, man. I thought the decision was bad. I thought it was. I picked Nick's Maximal, but I didn't. I didn't like that at all. I mean, I mean, it's it not the it. worst decision. Like, I, 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 I kind of been more get it for sure. But I, I, I mean, I, I, I really felt angry. like, uh, yeah, no, 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 you're right. But I really felt like, damn, like I'm almost like I don't agree with that. Like I don't feel like that was the right decision. Like we've had like even Brandon Moreno Davidson. You know, I, I, it wasn't a bad decision, but I, you know, I disagree. I disagreed with it at the time, but I was like, I, I completely get the other perspective, and I, I was like, I'll rewatch it. You know, this I don't even feel like going back and rewatching. I'm just like, I it just. I just didn't disagree with it. I just disagreed with it fully. Like I didn't find any sort of a like a way where I'm like I think it go the other way. I mean I can, but it's just really like, but it's it's too much. I'm pulling too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I mean personally, I thought it was a bad decision. I think that damage. I've always hated whenever guys would win based off of just control and doing nothing else. You know, um, Josh, if this was pride, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, part of the reason why I'm not upset about the decision is because it's not like Soriano did. He did he do more damage? Yes. Was he doing like an egregious amount to where, you know, I could see why you would give Maximal the round? Like, no, like I, it wasn't some egregious amount of damage that he was doing from his back or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I disagree with the decision, but I'm not going to go ahead and lose my shit over it. But yeah, he wasn't. He was Tony Ferguson that. throwing elbows and shit. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it was nothing like that. I mean, at the end of the day, it, was, it is what it is. Um, I mean, moving on down the card, really just have to move one down. For my money, this was by far the greatest performance of the card. So, Carlson Harris, your boy, you know, I think we kind of established it last week. Great guy. Very, very good. You know, coming off a great knockout when he gets murked by Sean Cotterman. Look, let's, let's be, I, like, I, like I told Nate, I'm like, this, it's not, it's not, I'm, I'm, I feel bad because I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. By the way, he's, sure. He's that other guy at this weight class, right? Like, it's him and Hosmond, right? It's not even close. It, oh, dude, they're going to fight one day. I fully, fully believe they're like the, going to fight. The one three day. guys in this weight class right now are Hosmond, Sean Brady, and my boy. Nick Maximoff. Not, not, it could be. You know, I won't disagree with it. I don't know. There's still time to, for growth. But, uh, but for Shockvot, man, I mean, him and, I mean, those three guys, I mean, they're, they're it for that weight class. I mean, the future of this weight class is in good hands. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh Josh, that's fifteen wins, fifteen finishes. Uh what the fuck? <laughs> you know? 
It's scary. Yeah, he's a he's a monster, man. He really is. He's a complete, complete fucking monster. Um, and I think the fact like he's had some good wins before this, but dude, like Carlson Harris is a bad man. I think he's probably he was probably one of the greatest guys in the division that was not ranked, and he ran through him. Um, okay, I don't know if he said it, but it was a spinning back, it was a spinning hook kick that knocked him out. Um, just brutal, brutal finish. Uh, so yeah, dude, we're, I think we're gonna see him and Hosmont square off. Like I said, the division in good hands. Um, and the Baltimore division has always been one, I feel like, it's been, it's been an older division for a long time now. Um, like there's some divisions that are like younger, some of that are older, but I feel like Welterweight, if you're just looking to do like, who are the top guys in that division? You got Usman, Colby, Leon, Masvidal. These dudes have been around for like, a, not a decade, but like half a decade. In Masvidal's case, long, a decade around that time. These guys are in their um, mid-30s now. Yeah, they're all they're all getting up there in age, and dude, you got these monsters like Chemaev, uh, Shakat Romanov, um, Sean Brady. These dudes are just coming up; they're gonna be a fucking problem, and I love to see it, dude. I love seeing that. Um, this shit yeah, gets man, you I, going, man. It gets me going, dude. I love I love Shakat Romanov. Definitely, I'm not sure if he's better than Chemaev, but I can't wait to see them fight one day. We'll see, man. I don't think we know these guys' levels fully yet. I think both no, of those guys we don't. I don't think we're even close to what they peak at because. Uh, it's very early on still, man, in both their UFC careers. Mm. Yeah, man. And especially, I feel like we were, we don't know how good either one of them are. And for Shavkat Romanov, I feel like that applies especially even more because we haven't seen him yeah. fight a ranked guy. I feel like Chamayev, you know, he murked Li Jang Lang, who is ranked number 10. So we have a better idea. We know that he's at least number 10, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Shavkat Romanov could be a top five guy, but we don't know he's a top Yeah, we, we don't know yet. Yeah, you're right. And he's getting a different buildup, too. Yeah, they're they're both getting very very different buildups. I mean, Chamaya is looking to be like the, the face of that division. Shavkat Romanov, he's taking maybe a different approach than this, but he's kind of like a Leon Edwards type. He's kind of sitting in the background, just quietly doing his thing. And by the time he gets in the top five, we're like, oh shit, Shavkat Romanov's in the top five. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and there's factors to it where he comes from, his country, and uh, you know, he doesn't speak a lot of English or mm-hmm. much at all, I think, if any, and. Uh, I mean, man, this region, dude, it's producing good fighters. I mean, there's other guys on this roster from the same country uh, who are really talented, dude. It's scary. I mean, this is another region that's getting unlocked, dude. It's like it's like fucking Pokemon, dude. We're going to a different region every, every season, man. We're <laughs> fighting these new Pokemon who are fucking good, dude. He's another one, dude. <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. Uh, overall, though, I'm so high for him. And, you know, honestly, dude... He's 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 gonna be fun to watch from in the future. And both oh yeah, well, I already, already want to see him again, dude. Book him for next week. Fuck exactly. Do it, do it. Put me know? in there. I'll get knocked out. I don't I don't know if that's a good idea, man. But I mean, who would you want to see him fight 12, next? Gosh. He's, he, he's ranked 15. Who do you want to see him fight next? Dude, I don't. Even, I kid you not. I could see them putting him against the leech. <laughs> like the leech. Oh, dude, no. I, I could see them doing that. I'm not saying that's why I want to see him against. Oh, okay. I just think that in their mind they're like. That's a banger. They both go out there. It's going to be a finish. You know, like I could see him doing that. Uh, another, um, a ranked opponent. I don't know if they'll do Pons and Nibio like that. I think, I think they're going to give Pons and Nibio a good, a good matchup, maybe. Maybe Jeff Neal an option. Co-main event on a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially. Uh, but yeah, I think those are good options right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see him, I mean, just a couple of names. I think he's going to be fighting somebody in that 10, 10 to 14 range. I don't think they're going to do the leech because I think that would be too obvious. Um, you think he do, you think Kiesa? I think, you think they would do Kiesa? I could see it happening. I could also see him, I think it's going to be possibly Wonderboy because I feel like they're trying to get Wonderboy out of there to an extent. 
Yeah. Um, well, didn't Wonderboy get booked? Or weren't they? Wasn't he having conversations? I could be he, wrong. I believe he's having conversations. I don't think he's been booked yet. I'm I know wrong. that he called out somebody recently. I don't know who it was. Not, a, I mean, not a call out, but he, he's Wonderboy. You know how he does things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly, I think probably Jeff Neal. I think Jeff Neal makes sense. That makes sense. He's coming off a win too, right? If I remember right. Yeah, he beat Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, yeah. Which I, I mean, after that whole little drama, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I could see it. I could see him fighting Jeff Neal next. Um, but regardless, dude. Yeah, overall, great performance by him. Moving on down the card, I think we should probably just. I think we just. I think we're just gonna keep going down, dude. It was yeah. one of these nights where we can really do one of these. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Brendan Allen came in on four days' notice. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, let me double check. Three days' notice. Excuse me. Holy shit! Three days' notice. And he comes in, and Sam Alvey, let me say this, by the way, Sam Alvey looked as good as he has during his entire stretch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was looking good, leaning a bunch of good combinations. He was more active than normal. His left hook was landing all day. You heard him. But he's winning the fight, and then all of a sudden, boom, he gets dropped. Brendan Allen jumps on with the choke. Brendan Allen, three days notice, he gets a submission victory. Holy shit, dude. And by the way, let's go and say it, Sam Alvey now has the longest winless streak in UFC history. I mean, which shouldn't be like that. Let's just clarify that because there is some decisions I, there. there. Obviously, I think the Dong Jung fight was a terrible decision. I thought he also beat well and determined, but at the end of the day, oh, and the we had Ryan Span too. Was another one that we. I thought, thought he lost that one, but score, scorecards are scorecards. You know, yeah. he officially does now. So, um, and he still has he still has a job. So you see, just cut a bunch of fighters. They cut six fighters uh, yesterday, um, but he's still. I might have Still to. We, we might have to invite Sam out to the podcast, man, so you can come beat me up, dude. Give him a win. <laughs> he said he's gonna be taking some time off. I'll take a fat dive, man, for you, Sam. You have no idea. He'll do it, Sam. He'll do it. Um, yeah, man. He's uh, he said he's gonna be taking some time off. He needs to reevaluate his training and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I feel like he's in an interesting position where I feel like he shouldn't be fighting these sorts of guys, but at the same time, it's like. Yeah. No. The matchups have been bad. Yeah, he is the unenviable position of being a known name, but not being good enough to be in the top twenty-five. Yes, yeah, no, no, so you're right. You know, it's it's unfortunate for him, but yeah, no. But you know, can't you agree with me to a certain extent? Certain matchups were kind of not great. Some of them were like, okay, maybe you should have beat this guy, but the decision didn't go your way. Like, there's, a, I think he has a number of factors. Obviously, he is still part of it, right? Like, he can go out there and finish the fight. Uh, you know, this is the highest level, and he should be fine at the highest level, right? Yeah. So, but. And, you know, it, it, we're here now. It's happened. We're going to see what he decides mm-hmm. to do. Next fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we'll see if he gets back to the UFC. Yes, if not, he's not been cut. But now, no. Hell of a win. Hell of a way to get back in the win column. Step in on three days' notice. I mean, I don't care who you are. Uh, step winning a fight on three days' notice. I'm a weak glass. I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. How, how are you How are you vibing with uh, Brendan Lennon and bod, uh, his bot at uh, 205, dude? How are you feeling? Did you think he maybe should maybe consider doing another fight at 205? I mean, I don't think no, I think he's a clear 185-er. I think he, really? I didn't think he looked terrible. I'm like, I wouldn't mind seeing another fight at 205. No, he think... looked terrible, but I think he's a clear 185 at least in my opinion. I thought he, like, he, he obviously made 205, but he looked, like, a bit... Well, I mean, you know, he, he looked... Out of shape. He, he made 205 because he didn't do anything yeah know? but i'm saying like he, he looked he looked a bit out of shape and honestly I, well I granted i but that's without him slower. preparing yeah yeah but that's with him without preparing properly for 205 you know what i mean yeah i mean it's possible if he prepares the correct way he could because be yeah because i felt like because he looked he didn't look like i feel like he looked a little like he didn't look obviously not as depleted right but i saw him and his legs were bigger he looked bigger in his chest obviously because he's keeping weight on and i 
I almost kind of vibe with it. I'm like, I almost wonder how it looked if he did a proper weight cut, uh, put on the right amount of muscle, found where he feels comfortable at, at, at 205, and kind of see how maybe 205 would be for him. I don't think it's like the best choice, but maybe in the future, maybe once he gets older, weight cutting gets a little harder. Maybe 205 wouldn't be a terrible place to be. It's possible. It's possible at a certain point that, you know, if he does decide to put on weight the right way, it could be interesting. I think if he caps out at a certain place at 185, maybe he should experiment there. But for right now, I think probably middleweights to go for him. I mean, he could do it now, so it's like, why wouldn't you do it? No, okay, well, fair enough, fair enough. Agree to disagree. Um, He's an interesting guy, though, moving forward. I feel like Brendan Allen, He, I feel like... I mean, he's still only 26. That's the thing. Like, I was about to say, like, he could be so much better, but he's still only 26 years old. And if you look at his losses, I thought he was winning that Chris Curtis fight until he got knocked out. And at the same time, like, he beat, he lost to Sean Strickland, you know. Um, and Sean Strickland is a motherfucker. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, no shame in it, dude. He still has some good wins. Beat Kyle Bacchus, beat, you know, Kevin Holland, and now beat Sam Alvey. So, I mean, he's still not a bad guy by any means. He's still only 26 years old. Um, yeah, man, we'll keep an eye on him moving forward. But dude, the, the, the tough battle. Which, you know, Treshawn Gore said during fight week, you know, this is not really, it's not the battle for who's the best bit of weight out of tough. He earned that title the right way, but I'm still going to beat him. Well, for his sake, you know, <laughs> probably a good thing this fight happened now because uh, he probably wouldn't be in the UFC otherwise. Yeah, man, he got signed to the UFC after, you know, he got the chance despite getting injury, getting an injury, not being able to fight in the tough final. Brian Battle obviously ended up winning it as a result. And, dude, he, uh, he put it on him, man. Overall, Trayshawn Gore showed moments, especially that second round where he rocked him. But outside of that, he just didn't really let his hands go. Brian Bell gets yeah. the win. What are your thoughts on that fight? You know, I, I was a little disappointed, man. He just let that first round go, man, and you can't do that, man. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, number one example, Manal Cop, man. Not mm-hmm. putting out there, and he has the full skill set. And we've seen it in his last fights, man. He's letting it go. He's winning, and he's looking good, and he's getting finishes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And granted, drastically different fighting styles, right? Let's clarify that. Yes. Know, to, and different weight classes, a weight class where speed's a big factor and, you know, being young and being quick's a big thing, right? You know, I mean, I'll clarify that as well, you know. But, you know, you saw it, man. He's a talented individual. You know, he's very naturally gifted. He just needed to let his hands go a bit and, and be comfortable and really, you know, say, fuck it. If I get tired, I get tired. I need to go out and win this third round with everything. I need to go out here. You know something? He's going to take me down? Fuck that. I'm taking him down. You know what I mean? He had to do that mm-hmm. stuff. And even on the ground, he had his moments. He had his successes. He he did some stuff. He had some scrambles. I mean, he very clearly has the tools there. He just needs to get them all together, have confidence in himself, and put him out there. I just don't know why he held back and decided to be so tight. I get it, though. Brian is a very good technical fighter, Josh. I mean, in his last two fights, now officially in the UFC, we've seen it, dude. He is very tight. But, you know, he did get caught, man, and he's he, – shit, man, he's about to be seeing three Treshawn Gores, you know, for a second there. <laughs> I mean, and you see, the, you see the aftermath, man. I mean, Treshawn's punches had a fucking effect, dude. I mean, you if, if I didn't tell you who won that fight, Josh, you wouldn't know. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, for Treshawn, I'm sure he's going to go back and be like, damn it, dude, I really just fucked up. And, look, it was the first time under the bright lights, first time in there. And I felt like he didn't have those issues in the tough house. And for some reason, it happened here. And I do think maybe it was some, maybe some stage fright. Maybe it was a matchup. Maybe it was a, a number of things. But he's going to go back and look at that and be like, damn, I really let that one go. I could have won that. And I could have even got the finish. And I'll tell you this, dude. That's not the last time those guys are going to fight. Those guys are definitely going to fight again. So uh it's going to be a while. But uh for Brian, I'm sure he's really happy. And his ceiling is really high, man. I, I, I want to keep seeing him grow. 
Uh, obviously, Josh, you know my issue with him. Uh, we're not going to talk about it out on air, but he reminds me of someone you know. So, you know, not his fault. Not his fault. By no, him. not his fault at all. But uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm putting you know his res- putting respect on his name now that he's won. You know, just you know to show my you know appreciation for him as a fighter because sure. he really went out there and had a great performance and he has a great set of kicks, great stand up, and he has a good ground game. I mean, he is. Uh, I mean, his ceiling is untapped. You know, for sure, he's very diverse. Um, with his attacks on the feet. Yeah, he's uh, an interesting guy. I think whenever it comes to Trayshawn, if you, and both these guys, you've got to remember they're far from finished products. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And they can talk. They both can talk, too. Which I they know. both can. And I think they're both going to be around, dude. I think Trayshawn, once he figures out, I feel like he's got to work on his combination, probably work on his gas. He's going to be a problem, dude, because he has that God-given power, dude. Like, he's fucking God. I mean, he rarely threw anything. And part of it is, he's, you know, Brian was throwing a variety of shit at him. Hard, always mm-hmm. kept him guessing. Um, threw a lot of feints out there as well. So, you know, props to him. But at the same time, it's like, dude, whenever Trishon actually let his hands go, he nearly knocked him out in that second round. Like, he had him, he had him, like, rocked. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be interesting watching the both of them moving forward. Overall, though, solid performance for Brian Bell. Overall, very, very solid performance. Um, and he even had the, 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 tough um what was it the award there mm-hmm. at the end he was like he, raising it up like talking, you know, I, talking some shit too to talking some shit yeah i like that too he even brought up some history too he's like yeah he got crucifix that one of their first ufc's and this this and that i was like yeah i was like yeah, man, they're they're both going at it that was, uh, so it was it was it was dope as far as the rest of the card goes man what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight Ooh, i mean here let me pull it up real quick so i can look at it uh, Julian Rosa, Steven Peterson was a banger, Josh. I think this might have been fight of the night for me. I don't know if you agree with me. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I completely missed that one. Yeah, that was fight of the night for sure. That was a hell of a fight. Yeah, that was fight of the night. Josh missed it heartbreaking, but it was it was a banger. Uh, yeah. What's another one? Chidi Njikwani, Josh. I, t- I look over. I kid you not, Josh. We're sitting there. I look over at Nate. I'm like, yeah, this guy has pretty heavy hands. Uh, the fight starts, and, well, 16 seconds in, Josh, <laughs> the fight ends. Uh, did you see the knockout or did you miss it? I, and, uh, what do, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, man, I saw it. Yeah, I, I love Mr. Chidi and Jacob Wadding. He's, uh, I've, I've told people, man, he's a bad man. Like, whenever he was in Bellator, he had, he, he was good, right? But he never really get past the top level of guys. And now he's in the UC after this long road. And he's shown, dude, he's got that power. Like, he's got a, he's very well rounded. And he's still only 33 years old. Like, he took some time off after he got cut from Bellator. He had, like, you know, he had, he took a fight in the LFA, but then he took damn near a full year off after he got cut from Bellator to have that fight in the LFA. He took another year off to fight in the contender series. And it looks like he's, he's just done nothing but get in the gym, kept working. And he faced Mark Andre Burial, who's kind of like, you know, he's a solid guy, just like a step below the top 15. And he murked him, dude. Um, that was not even close. So shout out Shinny and Jigawani. That was a hell of a knockout, man. That was, dude. And, and you look at his Bellator losses. I mean, he only lost to the creme of the creme, man. Like you said, Rafael Carvalho, John Salter, Andre Korshkov. I mean, if you lost any of those, if those names were in the UFC and you lost them, I don't think you would feel bad about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's a solid ass dude. Very, very good. And you know, I got, I got another shout out here. My boy, Hayton Almeida, Josh. I'm telling you, he, he, he's the next thing at 205, bro. He came out, got a big win over Danilo Marquez. I mean, dude, that was a that was a fucking great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a hell of a performance, dude. Um, hold on, let me actually double check something. Who did he call out after the fight? I forgot. Did he actually call someone out? Or are you talking about Cheezy? No, no, no. I'm talking about your guy. 
Oh, Hudson, I made it? He called someone out. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't remember who, though. It was like a name that I was like, oh, damn, dude, really? I wish <laughs> I could remember off the top of the name. Um, uh, Shogun. He called, yeah, that's exactly it. He called out Shogun. I'm like, man, like, can we leave him alone, please? He's like, dude, I want that money. Give me that well, dude, he, he murked Villamarquez. That was a fucking brutal fight. Yeah. So I was like, man, do we really gotta watch? You really gotta watch a fight, Shogun, man? Like, yeah, Shogun just tapped out the strikes did like a year ago. Like, it's a guy ago. that he like he dominated the first time around. So, yeah, that's yeah, yikes. Um, yeah, man, solid, solid win for him. I hate the call out, but solid win. Um, Josh is like, why him, man? Why? Why? They could be uh-huh. anybody. Call me out, please. Me. Yeah. Um. You know, Philip Rowe got a nice win over Jason Witt via TKO. That was a solid, solid knockout, man. That was a hell of a combination. Um, Hakeem Dawoodoo defeated Michael Chazal. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but I know that Hakeem Dawoodoo said he was going to retire had he not won that fight. Oh, um, that's intense. Yeah, he's only 30 still. He's he's still getting better. I thought that was probably his most well-rounded performance of his entire UFC career. Already, I'm sure you heard the criticism because, like, you know, third-round Hakeem is a real thing up until this fight. From the word go, he was putting it on Michael Chisano, bro. Like, nothing but tons and tons of activity, tons of pressure. Like, he, I think he landed something crazy at 47 strikes in the first round alone. Like, he was putting it on it, bro. Um, so, yeah, man, it's all win by him. Overall, pretty fun card. Um, nice return for the UFC, man. Nice return. However, this upcoming card, UFC 271, we went from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, this Saturday night. The main event is my... I mean, up until my most anticipated fight in a long time, um, Israel Adesanya, Rob Whitaker two, the rematch. Obviously, these two fought back in October 2019. Uh, October 6, 2019. Obviously, Whitaker was a champion. Adesanya was the interim champion. Izzy put a clinic on him, dude. He knocked him down in the final seconds of the first round, knocked him out in half through the second round. And, you know, Izzy since then, obviously, he did lose to Jan, but he's looked dominant at middleweight. Um, obviously, he beat Yoel, he beat Paulo Costa, just completely battered him, and then he dominated Marvin Vittori. And then, on the other side of things, Rob Whitaker is the first ever fighter in UFC history. Following his loss of the title, he was ranked number one. He has remained in that spot the entire time, working his way back to the title over, you know, two and a half years. He's just... He's gotten better, dude. He beat Darren Tilby in his decision. That was a close fight, but then the next two were not even close. He dominated Jerry Cannonier, dominated Kelvin Gaslam to get his spot back to the title, the fight for the title that he lost uh, against his biggest rival. These two, you know, both pretty chill guys. Maybe not Izzy. Izzy beefs with everybody. But Rob Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles, pretty chill dude, and they got bad. They got they got beef, you know. Um, and I'm so excited for it, dude. This matchup is incredible on so many different levels. What are your what is your anticipation level going into this weekend, and what are, what are you excited for, man? You know, it's, it's growing, man. I've I've been keeping up with the videos, you know, the UFC puts out. I've been watching a lot of stuff, right? And uh, just getting really myself pumped up. Uh, I don't know if I, you know, out of all the cards we have, none, none of them have really got me rolling like Ngannou and Moreno did because it was a return. But nothing's been like, damn, dude, I'm I'm fucking ready for this, you know? Like this is gonna be fucking out there. I mean, this bit here. Uh, now has got me a, a little bit excited because you know, I started watching uh, the Embedded, and the Embedded have been really good. But I'm not, uh, I'm not fully there yet. I, and it, it's weird because you know this card has a lot of names that I like. Obviously, Derek's back, Ty's back, and 
you know, who doesn't love Israel Ride and Robert? And obviously, at least for my money, I think Izzy's like the biggest or one of the biggest stars right now in the UFC. Like, I think he's that guy. He can carry the UFC banner on him and in his style and everything. It's just perfect, man. And obviously, now we're here, Ozzy versus Kiwi. We love the matchup. I think there's a lot of drama there between, you know, obviously those two countries. They, they got their little competitiveness back and forth. And, uh, we find ourselves here, man, finally, uh, uh, this weekend on February 12th, man, in, in, in the, what is it, the Toyota, is it the Toyota Center, the Honda Center? I always forget what it is. The Toyota Center. And, uh, it's called the Ma- Toyota Center? Toyota, Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> Toyota, Toyota Center. It's whatever, man. We know, you know what I'm referring to. You don't have to I, hurt my feelings. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Why, why do you attack me, man? I'm going to get I'm you canceled, Josh. No, no, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't even know who Joe Rogan is. (laughs) No, but uh, as far as matchmaking, uh, as far as I mean, we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew this this road was going to lead to here eventually, right? Where the title's on the line, five rounds, last time out, didn't go Robert's way. It happened in Australia, right? It's a little heartbreaking, man, because I really wish this happened in Australia or New Zealand, dude. I feel like for me, it's not going to be the same vibe because of that. You know, I I went back and I rewatched that fight today, and dude, even the commentary is hard to hear. Because of the people being so loud in there. Yeah. Like, I had to, like, find a good audio place where it wasn't too loud and it wasn't too quiet to get the commentary, but hear the fight, you know, because I still like hearing the punches. I know, weird, right? But, uh... I believe it was the second most, um... What is it? Second biggest USC, like, audience ever. Yeah, well, there you go. That's probably why. And, yeah, dude, uh, I was just like, damn, the energy was really there for this fight. It's, I don't feel like it's fully there for this one just because of that. I, I, I really am a little disappointed about that. But, hey, man, all this stuff going on in the world, right, we can't control all – we can't have everything, right? So that's just yeah. how life is. Every country does, is dealing with the, the pandemic differently and then with COVID differently still. Hopefully we don't get demonetized because of that, Josh. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 we're good. But man, I, I mean, it's, you know, I'm gonna get into it, Josh. I mean, I think, I think the Kiwi gets it done again, Josh. I think Israel Desanya is gonna come back, have another win over Robert Whitaker. Look, a lot of people are talking about, well, you know, this time Robert's gonna, you know, the wrestling was there. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't use it last time. You know, we, Izzy, Izzy's been figured out. Yon figured it all out, man. He, he has the formula. And I'm like, man, look, let's be honest. We all knew the formula. Back, back before. If we want yeah. to beat Izzy, you take the striker out of the striker's realm. You take him down to the ground. No one had done it before. People had tried. No one had done a great job of it. The only person who did it was Jan Blachowicz, who had, you know, significant amount of weight on him, and then Izzy, who hadn't weighed in, and didn't even weigh near 200 pounds the night of. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, maybe Robert could do something with the ground. I think maybe Robert could give him hell, make it difficult with him, give him different looks, make Izzy think a lot. But, uh, Look, at 185, no one's done it yet. I don't think anybody's going to do it yet. I think the Kiwi does it again. I'm picking the Black Dragon. Deep cut for y'all there. Israel Adesanya for this weekend. Yeah, man. Um, I think that's such a dumb thing. You know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, oh, Jan figured him out. I'm like, nah, man. Like, everybody's known. You gotta, you're gotta. you not going to beat Izzy on the feet. Like, you're just not. Like, It's a fact. I and mean, obviously, it, a guy like Kelvin Gaslam, back when they fought in, like, 2018, 2019, um... I mean, Kelvin rocked him a couple times, but he was also winning on average. Like, he was losing more changes than he was winning. You know, he was coming up on the short end. And that was Kelvin when he had super fast hands, tons of power in his right. Um, Kelvin's pass is prime now, I think. But, dude, that was that was the greatest time in Kelvin Gaston's career, and he still came up short. 
Um, you're not going to beat him standing up on the feet unless you mix in the grappling, unless you mix in the clinch work. And I think that's what Waker's going to do. I think he's going to do a lot better than the first time. Let me say oh, yeah. that. I think he's going to do a lot better. I think, you know, he's improved a lot. And I also think he's improved defensively. For as much as I like Rob, um, he kind of relied on his chin a lot um, during his winning streak. I mean, he he was taking bombs from Yoel, dude. Like, he prime, not maybe not prime Yoel, Yoel, but you know what I mean? Like, he was still taking some bombs. And then he found in the guy that was just precise enough to, able to put him out. I think he's improved a lot defensively. I think he's going to mix in the clinch work. I think he's going to mix in the grappling a lot more than he did the first time around, which is literally nothing. Um, and I'm just expecting it to be a lot different. However, I still think he is, and it's depressing to say, because Robert Rickard's probably one of my favorite fighters in all the UFC. He's a great dude. He's in Skyrim now. Um, On guys? Massive, huh? He's in Skyrim, like the game? Yeah. They put him in the game. Yeah, he's a DLC character. That's fucking awesome. And we know when they came out with the Legendary Edition? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in, uh, I think he's in White Run. That's dope. Yeah, it's dope. Um, you know, he streams and he's partnered with Bethesda, so that's why. Ah. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he's a massive gamer. And I love everything about the kid. He, he's a great guy, and I love him, dude. Huge, huge fan of him. Great fighting style. Great dude. I just think he is the Rich Franklin to Anderson Silva. Um, and by that I mean, if you guys don't know, maybe you don't remember back in like 2006, 2007, Rich Franklin was the dude. I mean, he was, he was gonna be working his way up to the GOAT conversation had Anderson not been there. I think he was like 22 and 1, 23 and 1. He had a couple tile offenses under his belt, and then Anderson came in, wrecked his shit, took his belt. Rich Franklin worked his way back to the title shot, got his shit wrecked again, and he was just iced out of the title conversation for a long time. And I think the same thing's gonna happen here. I think I'm gonna go, is he again? Um, probably, I, don't, I think Whitaker's going to do well, maybe take a round or two, but um, I'm going to go with Israel Adesanya. I'm not sure how, possibly a late finish, maybe a decision. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer, but I don't think it's going to be enough, man. And um, that's depressing, but it is what it is, dude. Very excited for this fight, though. Regardless, I would not be surprised if Whitaker pulled it out. Uh, just some magic and was able to go ahead and win this one. Um, as far as... The rest of the card goes. Obviously, co-main event, I think it's a little bit of weird placement until I remembered that they were in Houston. Uh, H-Town on that hoe. Derek Lewis is back, ladies and gentlemen. The Black Beast for the first time since, well, I mean, he fought Chris Dawkins, right, at the the Apex, like, not that long ago. Oh, yeah. These guys Uh, fought not too long ago, dude. Yeah, December 18th. December 18th. Um, and, but outside of that, he's making his first return to Houston since he got knocked out by Cyril Gaon. That was supposed to be his big moment. He's just fighting Ganu, and Ganu didn't fight, stepped in Cyril Gaon. Possibly the worst match for, for him in the entire, I mean, he is the worst match for him in the entire division. Got dominated. Now he's back in Houston. Taking on Taitui Boss, an interesting matchup here. Tai is ranked number 11. Um, he's won four fights in a row, all via knockout after, you know, nearly getting cut. I mean, he was, had three losses in a row, but when he fought Struve, um, yeah, man, he's, he's going to be an interesting fight. Two very beloved fighters, two beloved heavyweights. Who do you got in the co-main? I mean, Josh, you know me, bro. I never pick against the Black Beast. You know, he got it <laughs> this week, baby. Derek Lewis, stand up. H-Town, stand up. Yeah, man, it's oh, going to be, man, I love they're going to be swinging a banging for hour, however long it, it goes on. Two rounds, dude. Yeah, yeah. not long. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like, I like Taito Ivasa a lot. I really do. However, I think that Derek Lewis's technical ability, and I said this after his last win too, it's perennially underrated. I mean, it is very, very underrated um, in terms of his technical ability. In terms of his feints, I mean, he set up his last knockout shot perfectly 
against Chris Dawkins. So, um, yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and take Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, to get back into the win column, get back in the, you know, um, the title conversation. So, Stipe, uh, where you at? Quit running from the Black Beast. Nazi. I, I mean, I think legitimately if Derek Lewis wins here, we could see him against John Jones for the interim strap. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? It depends on if Stipe wants to fight John. That's essentially it. Because let's say he doesn't want to. Who's up after that? No, you're right. Yeah. You know, I just looked at the whole heavyweight division to see. Dude, everybody's booked. So that's probably why Ty ended up with him. Marcin Tibera's booked. He was right above him. Uh, literally every name above him was booked. I'm, I'm here. Let me see if I can pull it up again real quick since we're talking about it. Uh, yeah. So everybody but Chris plays was the only guy who wasn't booked. I don't know what's going on with Curtis. Obviously, he had that really bad knockout against Derek. And then he brought it back and went anywhere with Yorzinho. But obviously, Volkov was booked. Uh, Yorzinho got booked against uh, Marcin Tibora. And then obviously, Tom Aspinall was fighting Volkov. And, you know, you get the whole mix. So that's probably why mm-hmm. uh, Ty ended up here with Derek. If not, I do think like a Yorzinho Rosenstroy Marcin Tibora matchup would have made a lot more sense. But those two guys are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, then. I did not know the entire book. And so, yeah, that makes a lot more yeah. sense uh, laid out that way. But, yeah, dude, I'm going to go ahead and take the Black Beast in this one, get, you know, get back to the win column in his hometown. Um, yeah, I'm not be surprised if Ty wins, though, just because these two are coming to swing and bang, and I could see, you know, oh, whoever yeah. lands, whoever lands, that's going to be it. I'm going to go get Derek Lee for the hometown dub, though. Um, in my opinion, I thought this should have been the co-main event. This fight we're about to talk up. You know, it next. makes sense, but you know, like you know, it also makes sense why Derek's there. Of course, and I think they're probably just trying to have him, you know, structured differently because they're both middleweight guys. This is a title eliminator bout, I think. Uh, whoever I don't know if it's been labeled as such. It might have been. I might have missed it. But the winner of this is going to potentially get a title shot next, and uh, it makes sense, dude. Jared Cannonier taking on Derek Brunson. Um, Derek Brunson said this week, man, he's only had two more fights in him. And those two fights, he said he's going to win this one, and then he's going to beat Izzy. Uh, so that's going to be, he's, uh, you know, he's got a lot, he's got big plans ahead. It's hard to argue with him. It's hard to argue with that, uh, confidence considering his current win streak. He's won five in a row. I believe he's an underdog for every single one of those fights. Um, obviously his most recent one being a third round submission of Jarrett Hill last September. He thought after that one that he's going to get the title shot. He thought he'd done enough. However, He's going to end up facing Cannoneer. Cannoneer's won four of five. Uh, his last one being a whenever Kelvin Gasson v and decision. In that stretch, though, he's beat Jack Hermanson, Anderson Silva, David Branch. Got a couple of nice wins in there. Uh, ever since moving down to middleweight, he's obviously been a incredible defender. Tons of punching power. Great guy. And now it's his time, dude. If he wins this one, potentially a title shot next. I know with Izzy said he wants to fight him someday. He's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, if Brunson wins, we'd be looking down the barrel of potential rematch between him and Izzy. Those two fought back in 2018. Angel Man, very interesting matchup uh, right alongside the main event, or this probably the second best fight on the card, at least in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm excited for it, dude. Uh, it has appeared weird to me, though, to Jared's getting this kind of opportunity. No hate to Jared Cannonier. You know what I mean? I don't know if you agree with me on that. I think if he would have been Robert Whitaker, it'd be a little different. If he was getting matched up against Derek and then he was getting put in the title eliminator rather than now after getting one win over, uh, who was it? Was it the, uh, Darren Till or was it a different win? Was there someone else? What do you mean? Uh, Jerry Cannonier. Uh, he beat Gaslam. He beat Gaslam. That's who it was. He beat, I thought you fought Darren Till. I think I'm mixing him up with someone else, but whatever. Yeah, you mixed up with Bronson. 
Makes sense where I'd say that's who he fought. That was that was Brunson's last fire, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it is a bit weird to me that Jared's in this position to an extent. I mean, I get it because you know I think they like him and they know they kind of know Izzy wants to fight Jared, and uh, obviously Derek's already fought Izzy and they kind of want to. I'm assuming to an extent they don't want to give him another rematch if they don't have to, just to have different stories. You know what I mean? But I mean, Derek, I feel like Derek could have got the title shot regardless without this fight. You know what I'm saying? So I always thought this was a weird fight. I thought Derek Brunson fighting again after his last win was weird anyways, at least in my opinion. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of get your viewpoint at the same time, though. You got really got to look at how this division is kind of structured. I mean, I'll, I mean also, we got to remember, Cannonier, how do you beat Whitaker? He would have gotten a title shot. That's pretty much already laid out. So I'm not surprised that with another win... You know, with one win here and then potentially another one, I would not be surprised for him to get a tough shot. So it makes sense. Oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, as far as matchmaking, man, I mean, it's it's a good fight. Obviously, always, right? Always when they set up these fights, for the most part, they're good fights. And uh, I think as far as who I got, man, I got Derek Brunson, man. I think Derek Brunson will be able to do it. It's three rounds. I think in three rounds, I feel like, I mean, it's very dangerous, right, because it's Jerry Cannon here. I mean, he only needs to land one time, and it'll change the whole aspect of the fight. But the way Derek Brunson is looking, man, he's looking good. He's looking dangerous on the ground, and I think if we were to get it down to the ground, Jerry Cannon here does have some wrestling capabilities. I just don't know if it will be enough to stop Derek Brunson. I'm picking Derek Brunson to win. Mm. That's that's a fair – honestly, fair enough, dude. Jared Cannon here, the biggest question for me personally – has always been his wrestling. I mean, in light heavyweight, it was by far his biggest downfall. I mean, he lost the Glover fight purely off of wrestling. People forget that one. Probably because it's a terrible fight. But, yeah, he got out-wrestled for every single minute of that fight. Uh, Jan, I remember it being a somewhat similar case. I know Jan, it was just probably stand-up. But anytime he got in the clinch, he just got overpowered. And you can argue maybe that was a 205 problem. Um, but even then, I remember Jack Hermes in that first round against um, Canadier. He had a little bit of success in the grappling, if I remember correctly. So, it's a massive question. We've not seen him take on anybody in terms of Brunson's caliber. And Brunson, ever since he's gone back to the wrestling, because he was such an accomplished wrestler coming in, then he started just, you know, swang and bang. Uh, and then he ended up having success with that. But during his winning streak, he's gone back to the wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm torn about it. I'm going to go ahead and take J- Jared Cannon here, though. Um, I just think they got 15 minutes. Derek Brunson, we kind of saw, like, in that Till fight, man, we, we kind of seen – Little hints of it that his chin has started to go. Um, and for a long time, his chin was very, very solid. But then he got knocked out by Jockery, got knocked out by Izzy. You know, Shavazian hurt him at one point. Holland tagged him a couple of times. Till nearly knocked him out. And people forget, dude, Till had him rocked before that final scramble. Like, um, Till nearly knocked him out. Brunson shoots for a panic down. Till reverses, and there's a huge scramble that comes out on top, gets a submission win. Had that not happened, probably having a very different conversation, man. Uh, Phil just decides not to scramble. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jared Cannon here. I think he's got 15 minutes to land one big bomb. I think he's going to go ahead and do it. Um, this card is structured strangely. Um, I feel like there's a couple of other clear fights that could have put on this main card, but, I mean, here we got Kyler Phillips, interesting prospect, still only 26 years old. He is coming off a loss to our boy Hulan Pavia, um, that would, fight took place in July 2021, took off a long time. Taking on Marcelo Rojo, obviously, I believe a former combate, uh, fighter. Came into the UFC, had a fun fight with Charles Jordan, but it got knocked out. Interesting placement on this main card here. Uh, who do you got in this bantamweight fight? Oh, man. Uh, like you said, weird placing. 
They're giving Kyler Phillips another spot on the main card, though. They must, like, really like Kyler Phillips, or they must have a friend in the UFC, family member, cousin, someone, Josh, because he's getting, been having nice placements on on these cards, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I don't think I remember him having any sort of hype before coming into UFC, or I don't know if you know if he had any, but he's gotten some, let's put it like favorable placing on cards, you know, places for a guy with maybe not a massive record or a guy who doesn't have the biggest, at least in my opinion, I don't think has the biggest following. Uh, on these cards, mm-hmm. so obviously no no hate, right? He's he's having them, and he's in, he's a good fighter, and he's taking advantage of his opportunity. So you know, no hate, right? Yeah. But, uh, and I don't even think he's ranked right now, is he? Or is he no, ranked? He's, he's, not, yeah, he's ranked. not. He's not even ranked, and he's on the main card. And I'm pretty sure we have some ranked fi- some ranked fighters on the undercard, I believe, multiple actually at that. So mm-hmm. some question marks there. No hate though. We we already had a one fighter complain this week about his placement on the card. We'll get into that later. We'll get to that one, yeah. And uh, I agree with it, by the way. Oh, no, no, definitely, right? I thought the same thing. But match matchup-wise, fun fight. Marcelo Rojo, though, a bit wild. He's kind of that guy who will take, you know, three to give three, you know? I don't know if that's going to work out against Kyler Phillips. I'm picking Kyler Phillips. Fair enough, man. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Kyler Phillips. I think that he is an interesting prospect. Um, still only 26. I think the Roland Pavia fight was an absolute war. I think it made a, honestly made a good case for a draw on that one. I wouldn't agree with it, but I know that some people wanted that one to be a draw. Marcelo Rojo is going to come to bang, but he's not, you know, he, he's not really much of a pro. He's 34, right? He's 34 years old. Um, former combate fighter. He's been through a lot. It's going to be a fun fight, but I think it's kind of tailor made for Kyle Phillips to get back into the win column. Um, another strange booking. I mean, it's going to be a fun fight, but. On the main card, were they? Probably not. Uh, King Bobby Green. At this point, dude, it's so easy to forget how long Bobby Green's been around, dude. He, I mean, he is a former King of the Cage champ. Um, he fought fucking Charles Bennett back in 2009, dude. Shout out. Yeah, he was a Strike Force guy. Came to UC. He's been in UC for nine years now, man. And you can make the case. I wouldn't necessarily agree. Because when he first came in, he, he got some huge wins. I mean, beat James Krause, beat Josh Thompson. However, I think you make a very good case that his current run is arguably the best of his career. Um, at least if you look at the competition. Uh, he is, he won four of his last six. Granted, he had two losses in there, but those Tiago Moises, I thought he definitely won that one. And I think you can make a good case that he beat Rafael Fazia in Houston in the last time out. Um, he obviously did knock out Ally Quinta as well. Uh, his most recent fight, UC 268, taking on a former, he's still only 26, so is it fair to call him a prospect? I don't know. Uh, possibly a failed prospect, but I remember he came to UC, it's so much hype. He's kind of turned out, he's had some ups and some downs. He's coming off the loss to Dan Hooker, but Nasrat Hakparas, um, out of Germany, still a very interesting guy, tons of knockout power. Who do you got in this one? Look, man, I think depending on the day of the week, you, I, I could change my pick here. I'm being dead serious with you, Josh. Look. I can see that. Looking, looking back at that Dan Hooker fight, Josh, there was a lot of factors going into that. His mother had just passed away. He was going back between Germany and the States. He, uh, you know, he had to make weight still. He had to cut. And, uh, he didn't know if the fight was going to happen or not because it was like Dan Hooker can't get a visa, but then he did get a visa. And then, you know, all, all this stuff, right? I think there's a lot of imminent factors going into that fight that kind of shaped the fight a little different than what it, he would have expected. And initially he was doing good on the feet. He was, he was doing good in the sim. And then Dan Hooker, who's not a wrestler, he gets to wrestle, so completely threw him off his game plan, completely, you know, he expected a, a stand-up fight against a guy who's, you know, traditionally a stand-up guy who, who ended up taking him to the ground for the rest of the fight because he was finding success on the feet. You know, there's stuff there that, uh, I mean, I think you have to go a little back and look at it that, that affected that fight a bit, 
and that may, that definitely had some sort of impact on him. Granted, though, he still had those issues. You need to prepare for them. You have to adjust to them. Uh, it, you know, and now we find him here again a few months later, and he's going to fight Bobby Green, who, like you said, he's on a very good run here uh, at this, you know, later part of his career. Uh, you know, I think at the start, I think a few days ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said uh, Nasra Havcraft. But now that if you ask me right now, Josh, I would say Bobby Green. Yeah, man, I, I completely know how you feel. In terms of this fight, it, it, I could see either one of these guys coming out of it. And you make a lot of good points with Nas, Brad Hakbras. People do really do forget that situation. And, I mean, you can even argue they shouldn't have been the guy in that situation, considering, like, I think he's kind of a level below what Dan Hooker was at that point. I mean, Dan was, at the time, ranked, what, number six or something? Um, so him going from unranked to fighting number six was a huge leap to begin with, plus add in all the other factors. It wasn't exactly fair to him. I am still going to take Bob Green, though. I think it, he's very well he's very well rounded. He's 35, but I feel like he's, he's finally putting all the potential that he had for so long together. Um, I mean, I think he showed that ally Quinta fight, dude. I mean, to be fighting in New York against Ray Janow, um, I got a super beloved, and obviously whenever he had fought in a long time, but when he fought, when he left, um, he was ranked in the top 10. And for him to just get nuked out of there, that was the only, that's the first knockout loss Ally Quinta had in his entire career. And I think, he, I'm pretty sure he's going to retire now, but yeah, man, only one knockout loss in his entire career. Came against Bobby Green, dude. He's putting, finally, putting it all together. Fast hands. I'm going to go and give it to King Bobby Green, get back on the win column, potentially break into the top 15. I thought he should have been there a while ago. I think he gets back into there with the win this weekend. Dude, this card's structured weird. I do think we probably just have to go one down, though. Andre Orlovsky's back, dude. I know, um, right? He's 43 years old. He just turned 43 last week. And he's and he's he's won four of his last five. And by the way, he has some pretty good scalps in there, dude. Carlos Felipe was on a nice win streak. He beat Tanner Bozer, who's a pretty nice prospect. And he's facing the 29-year-old Jared Vanderaa. Who, you know, interesting stretch in the season, one and two. He had a nice, he had a nice one in the Tinder series. Interesting guy. Who do you got? I mean, not necessarily who do you got in this one, but what do you think about this matchmaking? Kind of Arlovsky's, you know, underdog run, I guess, so to speak. I mean, 43 years old, still doing the damn thing. I mean, he's, he's on the older end, right? And obviously at this point in his career, he's kind of like, it's, it's going to sound a little negative, but he's kind of gatekeeping, man. You know what I mean? He really is mm-hmm. that entrance into the heavyweight division. He's beat some, uh, some good young guys, guys that they, they UFC has uh, recently signed not too long ago, and he's beating them. And he's doing them in a good way, different ways than he had had in the past. He's he he's learned the way he has to fight now, which is very mature of him. Much respect to him. And mm-hmm. honestly, if he wins this, Josh, I mean, he's not. I mean, you could argue a ranked opponent in his next fight on the lower half, you know, of the fifteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Sakai, Walt Harris, uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, you know, just depending how things go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's an interesting fight. I I do think that uh, gatekeeper is kind of like a term that's used in a bad way, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Because um, Arlovski, I mean, if we're being completely honest here, he, should, he probably should be ranked. He should probably be ranked like a round fifteen, be that top fifteen gatekeeper. Um, he's he's very good. He's very very good, especially at this point in his career. Because for a long time, Arlovski, he was always. A, a, how can I phrase this? He was a guy that would go out there and knock out or get knocked out. That was his thing for a long time. Uh, but somewhere around like 2017, he kind of switched his approach. He became more boxing oriented, more defensive oriented. 
and I understand some people like it's kind of weird to think about because he only has like one finish or one, like of his last dude since 2018 Arlovski in every single fight he's been in he's had a bunch of them he's very active for his age he's only been involved in two finishes which is insane. Of, of his own or again? He got finished to both of them. He got knocked out. <laughs> no, I, just to, I just want to confirm. Yeah, and those are all top ten guys. Or, yeah. You know. But you don't even think of him as being like a boring guy because he makes a He's very boxing heavy. He has fast hands still for his age. Very defensive oriented. I liked his last fighting as Carl Sleepy. I thought it was very fun. Wow, uh, he I fought a lot three of times last year. Holy yeah, he's super active. And he said he wants to be the oldest heavyweight. Dude, he says he wants to be the oldest heavyweight champion ever. And, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, dude, for his age, 43, he's been fighting at a top level since 2005, 2004. I mean, fuck, dude. He's still he's still great for his Ryan age. Ryan Bader, where are you at? <laughs> he wants the easiest fight in the division. He wants Ryan Bader. Um, Ryan Bader. <laughs> I think he probably wins, too. I think he probably beats Jan Vander, honestly. Uh, but, obviously, that remains to be seen. But, speaking of older individuals... One we more down. Some, we gotta get some love, Angel. Oh, of course we do, Josh. Friend of the podcast. Nicest person in MMA, probably. I mean, we, we talk about, Josh, it's not Brandon Moreno. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not Glover Teixeira. It's not Sage Northcutt. No. It's Roxanne Mata Ferry. <laughs> it's Roxanne Mata fucking Ferry. Alright? Uh, multiple time Kyle Challenger. Alright? She has been fighting since fucking hook and shoot, all right? She is one of the, like... Yeah, she's been fighting longer than we've been alive. Like, that's not she's even a joke. Yeah, she's the pioneer of the game, dude. She is the women's pioneer. At one point, she was on, like, a seven-fight losing streak. But she kept on working. She kept on fighting. She worked her way to a victor title competition. She didn't win the title, but she got damn close. Um, she worked her way to fighting for a UFC title. She got damn close to winning that one, too. She's ranked number 12th in the world in the flyweight division. She's taking on a young monster in Casey O'Neill, who's ranked number 15. She's 24 years old. However, the real story is that it is going to be the final fight of Roxanne Mataferi's 20-year career, excuse me, 19-year career. So, Angel, what are your thoughts on her retirement? If he, Obviously, just kind of the whole, her, whole, excuse me, her whole story is just a crazy one. Uh, she's yeah, obviously yeah. known as one of the nice individuals in MMA. What is your favorite Roxanne Modafferi moment ahead of her retirement fight? Dude, every way and ever, dude, where she dressed up like a character. <laughs> Let's be honest, that shit's dope. Yeah. I, I gotta respect it. She never hid her her personality. She's very out there, and uh, literally, dude, like I like I said, dude, probably without a doubt, the nicest person in all, all of MMA. Like it might not even be close. Uh, I'm sure she'll kind of dive into coaching. Obviously, she's now engaged, I believe, so I don't think she's officially married yet. And, uh, I mean, she is just one of those people that you see, and she just enjoys life, man. And it almost makes you kind of jealous when you're having a bitter day because you're like, damn, I need to be more like that. You know, I just need to enjoy life and be a little bit more happy because I don't think I've ever seen her angry. I've never seen her mad, even after a loss. Like, maybe a little bit of disappointment. But even then, man, she... She's one of those just very hardworking people, and everybody talks about her so well, and I saw Izzy talking about her and getting so much love. It just goes to show, you know, everything you hear about her is the truth, man. And, I mean, end of a career, that's fine. She literally has done so much, and it's been so fun, and I'm sure she's had a lot of fun doing everything that she's wanted to do. Obviously, certain things didn't go messing the way she expected. She she fell short a little time, a couple of times, but I think 
she's going to you know stay with her gym, and I think she'll be a big part of that. And I think it's going to be awesome. I'm sure she'll still be cornering people because obviously she we've seen her corner at Invicta. Hopefully we've seen her corner in the UFC, and hopefully she does some amazing stuff, man. I'm excited for her and whatever her future is after the fight game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's uh honestly, she's always been one of my favorites, dude. And in terms of my favorite. Roxanne Modafferi moment. I gotta get some shine to this one, dude. She was. It was the upset of the year. Um, I thought about betting my house on that, Josh. Dude, Macy Barber. She obviously nowadays Macy Barber, twenty three years old. She still has a way to go, but I feel like she, a lot of people gotta regard her in, in the kind of like a failed prospect category. I think she could still get back in the title competition, but dude, she was murking girls, dude. Like she was the she was looking like the flyweight that had knockout power. She had tons of hype. And then she ran into Roxanne Mataferi. <laughs> Roxanne kn- knocked her down. She beat the shit out of her, dude. Like it was, it was probably her greatest performance of her career. And um, she's had a lot of good moments. And just her whole story, fighting back to get back title competition. Her beating Antonina Shevchenko and Antonina had a lot of hype before everybody knew her grappling deficiencies. Uh, that was a lot of fun as well. Um, yeah, man. And obviously this weekend, she has a, a tough hill to climb. I'm not going to pretend. I think Casey oh, yeah. O'Neill, her grappling, she's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people that end up in that division. She is very good. She's been, I mean, she's been competing as an amateur since she was 15 years old. Um, she is very, very good. Undefeated, 8-0. She is, she's a huge road to climb, Roxanne does. But as far as her career goes, dude, hell of a career, Roxanne Modifier. Hell of a career. Um, happy Warrior. We'll see what happens this weekend. Um, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. She, she's knowing when it's time to hang it up, um, which is relatively rare to see. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. As far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight on there? I mean, just your way, Josh. Just your way to see her win and call out Valentina. Be like, yeah, fuck retirement. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I mean, one down, Josh. I mean, let's keep going. Alex Perez, Matt Chanel, man, underrated banger on the card. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a guy who fought for the title, man. Had his moments, nothing too crazy. Uh, did did get finished, you know? But hey, man, I mean, he's still beat a lot of good guys in this division, and mm-hmm. uh, he's finding himself here with against Matt Schnell, who Matt Schnell is all right, also a good guy, dude. Fucking gives us bangers of fights. I mean, had a he uh, he fought a uh, Rogerio uh, Bontran last time out, and it was a, it was you know it was a it wasn't like anything crazy, but it was a, it was a good enough fight. You know, you enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, underrated banger, man. I, I I think placement is a bit weird. I mean, I felt like those guys could have maybe even been on the main card, but you know, just my opinion. No, I agree. Actually, I agree. Yeah, man. Um, I remember thinking that Alex Perez was actually going to be like, like. Give problems to Figueroa. Like I should have. I remember thinking. Yeah, it wasn't, that. wasn't the case, sadly. No, it was not. I mean, but dude, he still has a lot. Of, he has a lot of like fun fights, dude. His uh, Jose Torres fight was a fucking banger where he just knocked the shit out of him. Uh, the Jordan Espinosa fight put him to sleep. Josie Formiga, he knocked him. He had the rare like leg kick knockout, dude. Like TKO. I mean, uh, so yeah, that was dope. That was dope. But yeah, this fight should be a lot of fun. I think kind of we referenced it earlier, so I feel we kind of got to bring it up. I, I mean, there's some fun fights in the card. William Nice coming back. Uh, overall, overall, it's it's, it's a fun card. I, I, shout out Douglas Silva to Andrade. Damn near opening up the card should be a lot of fun. He I'm super high on him, but 
Alexander Hernandez and Adam Moicano, here you have a guy in Hernandez who at one point regarded as one of the most bright prospects. I mean, he holds a knockout whenever Benny Dariush, and he might fight for a title later this year. Um, and for my money, I think he is still one of the most fun guys at lightweight. Um, he's killer to be killed, had a tremendous knockout on his last fight, had a fun fight with Thiago Moises before that, you know, knocked out Chris Gritzmacher, war Drew Dober. I mean, he's, he's one of the most entertaining guys at lightweight, in my opinion. Taking on Hanato Moicano, moved up to lightweight, but before that, he was like a former featherweight title challenger. Like, he fought the top five. Damn near, if he beat Jose Aldo, he would have gotten a title shot. Same thing for Brian Ortega. So, like, he's one of the greatest guys, like, unranked at lightweight. Dude, Alexander Hernandez talked about earlier this week about how, in he's right, they're the fourth fight up from the card, about how bullshit it is that he's fighting on the early prelims. He said it was, quote, fucking disrespectful. Angel, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think I think those guys are such high-level guys that they should be higher on the card, man. They should at least be maybe even the last fight on the prelims, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, they should be right up there with Arlovsky and them, you know what I mean? Uh it's it's weird, man. Uh, like I said, I, I I personally think Kyler Phillips and his opponent shouldn't be on the main card. No disrespect to them, but I do think there's other guys below who even I think you could even make a better case for Arlovsky on the main card, Josh. Uh, <laughs> not even gonna lie to you, like no no hate. I just that's legitimately what I just think. Uh, no, I I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I completely agree. Um, I think this... And it's such a good matchup. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it really is such a good fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is good, this is going to be a banger. I, I think there's a very good possibility this is a fight of the night, dude. Like I said, Alexander Hernandez is one of the must-watch fighters in the division. If you look at his UFC career, which is only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven fights, he's had a performance of the night in two of those, a knock, excuse me, two performance of the nights and one fight of the night. And some of those other fights that didn't win awards, like the Drew Dover fight was a fucking war. Like, mm-hmm. similar fight with Chanel, that was a very fun fight. Same for all, uh, Olivier Aubameau-Mossier. Um, he's had some awesome fights, dude. And, you know, Hanada Moicano is a guy that, former featherweight contender, and he's moved up to lightweight, and yeah, he is 2-1, and one, but I think that's kind of like, I mean, he fought Rafael Fazeda. Like, that was one of the, yeah. um, he's, he's fighting RDA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's one of the top guys in the division. This is a terrible placement, dude. For them to be below fucking, and I love William Knight, but for them to be below William Knight is mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this car, I completely agree with them. And um, just it's insane to me. It's insane to me. But I saw that, who was it? It was um, Cub Swanson who came out and said, like, yeah, you know what, I've been there. I had to fight on the fight pass prelims a couple of times or two, but you got to give him a reason and not put you back on there. So, and you made a good point. So I think Hernandez is going to go out and potentially give a hell of a performance. I think it's going to be a very, very fun fight. I think he has the capacity to be fighting tonight. These two dudes are very, very good. Lightweight is just a stacked division. That's why neither one of them are ranked. Um, and I could see them, either one of them being ranked after this fight, honestly. Um, so yeah, man, overall, very, very fun fight. Terrible that it's not you know, on the main card, or even not on the main card, but even higher up on the prelims. For them to be on the early prelims, bro, like, they're below Limana Marti- Martinez versus Ronnie Lawrence. Like, and Alex is the only, he's the only other Texan on the card. So wow. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say, dude. I don't even know what to say in regards to that. But, Texas yeah, man. pissed right now. Yeah, he's pissed. As far as the card goes, is there anything else we talk about before we go ahead and move on to our next topic? I mean, we got to talk about the other two Kiwis on this card, Josh. Uh, I don't know. I think they're the only other two. Uh, Carlos Olberg and uh, 
Blood Diamond, Josh. Have you heard oh, about no. Blood Diamond? <laughs> I've heard about Blood Diamond, yeah. I don't know what to expect from him. I, I'm hearing a lot of people think he's going to get blown out, but at the same time, Izzy said that Eugene Behrman said that at this point in Blood Diamond's career, he is far, more farther ahead than what Izzy was at this point, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, okay. Whatever that point may be, I don't know, but uh, I'm interested. And then also they're giving Carlos Holberg a good matchup to come back. Obviously, he disappointed last time out against uh, Kennedy and Shavuku because he was looking good in that early round, man. He just blew his wad. Uh, it was like me with all my relationships. No, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was a bad look, man. It was a bad look because I felt like he should have won that one. He he just let it all out of the tank and then went and poor Fabio Chirot, man. I mean, they didn't do him a favor in this one either. Uh, mm-hmm. Alonzo Menafield, William Knight, Carlos Olberg. I mean, I yeah, that's that's a that's a tough out for anybody. And uh, shout out to AJ Dotson, man. He's getting his his big shot after winning on the Contenders series, so I'm really excited for him. Mm-hmm. In regards to Blood Diamond, um, I was hype on him as a prospect, and I saw some of his kickboxing fights. I was hype on him as a prospect until I remembered that he's thirty. He's going to be thirty four years old. Like yep. he's about yeah, he's about to turn thirty four. Um, this seems more to me like a uh, fuck. I can't remember his name. Kickboxer. This seems to me like a Gokan Saki situation. Like, where they're going to throw him in there, probably going to give him some fun fights, but, like, he, there's a clear level where he's at. And Just you wait, Josh. Just you wait. Michelle Pahea will show the world that that's not the case. He's going to fight Israel Asanya for the title. And you'll Dude, see, Josh. Okay, Michelle Pahea, though, Michelle Pahea has been fighting MMA for a decade. He just yeah. didn't take it serious. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're right. But, like, a few fights, yeah. like, fucking, like, five years apart. Same place for Blood Diamond, though. I don't know if you looked, but he has fought in yeah. MMA. Has three fights, but they're like four years apart. He fought in 2017, and then he fought in 2018, and then he didn't fight again until 2020, and then he's taken two years off, and he's gonna fight in 2022 in the UFC. Jeremiah Wells, which Jeremiah Wells is a good fighter, so. Oh yeah. I mean, granted, anybody in the UFC is good, but it's still kind of like, I don't know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, Jeremiah Wells is coming off a nice one. I mean, he knocked out Warley Alves, bro. Warley Alves is is a bad man, you know? Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. That's just my opinion. That's a card opener, man. I mean, at least I feel like there's, there's, uh, there's stories in every fight a little bit. Like there's sort of some, you know, now that I, I've gotten to look at the whole picture of the card, we kind of went through it. There's a little bit of story in each fight. I think you can kind of get invested into the whole card now that I'm looking at it more. So it's going to be a different perspective on it. Marco Madsen was supposed to be on this original. I'm kind of heartbroken about that. That got rescheduled. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely in, in there's storylines in every single fight, which I think is the good thing. Because sometimes you have these cards where it's like, they'll maybe fun, but there's like, there's not a story there. Or sometimes it's structured terribly. And but even like, I'm genuinely interested in the vast majority of these fights, even if it's not like a fight that I'm like super yep. high on. Like, for example, Jeremiah Wells versus, you know, Blood Diamond should be a fun fight, but there's also a storyline of like, oh, you know, winner of this can move on. You know, Blood Diamond's career moving forward. And Jeremiah Wells is he is he a super high prospect or not? Like, there's storylines and everything. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on the rest of this. Honestly, the entirety of this card. Um, it's going to be a very very fun one, dude. Very very fun. Can't wait to hang out with you on this one. Um, yeah, man, going to be a uh, a very very fun card. Um, overall though, dude, as far as MMA goes, it's pretty much all we had. But there is some boxing news, um, and feel inclined to honestly talk about it because it is it's it's extremely extremely big news um 
Canelo Alvarez, obviously, at this point, well-established pound for pound number one. Not exactly sure you could put over him, honestly. Um, I believe he's the one current unified super middleweight champion. Obviously, he's been absent out of the ring since he knocked out Caleb Plant. And that was a hell of a fight. And he's going to be returning to the ring in May. Now, for a, for a while there, it looked like oh, he's going to fight Ilonga Makabu. But then Makabu had a mandatory come up. And he just fought last week or something or two weeks ago. Um, and it was a split decision fight. And I don't blame them for kind of moving on because I don't think after that fight, there's not much interest and it'd be a quick turnaround, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so then it looked like he might fight Jermall Charlo, obviously the undefeated one, current, uh, mid, I believe WBC middleweight champ. And they got to move on for that one. Trainer's going to get 40 million from, uh, PBC to fight him on a one fight deal. Apparently they're at the 11th hour in contracts with Eddie Hearn for a two-fight deal for $85 million. Uh, in May, he would fight Dimitri Bivol, uh, who I believe is the WBA light heavyweight champion. And then in September, I believe this would be, funnily enough, the third time they fought in September. Every single time they fought nearly the same date. September 17th, he would fight Gennady Golovkin, the trilogy fight. Obviously, uh, Gennady won the first fight. Canelo won the second. Um, no, I don't give a shit about judging. If you're a live human being with eyes, you saw that Gennady won the first fight. That's the worst decision in boxing history. I'll stay off of it for the rest of the segment. However, it'll be the trilogy fight between those two. Angel, what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, I know there's there's kind of three different fights out there. Will it be Makabu in May? Will it be Jamal in May? Will it be Bivol in May and then Gennady in September? What are your thoughts on the three deals? What do you personally want to see? Uh, next for Canelo. I don't know, bro, but I'm holding my fucking breath on fucking Twitter right now because Woj is dropping bombs. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ass trades going down. We're not going to get into them now. We'll talk about them off air, just you and yeah. me. <laughs> but, okay. uh, <laughs> dude, no, I mean, no, nothing's official yet, right? Obviously, everything's kind of in the air right now. There's a lot of talks, though. I mean, probably, I mean, I don't know, Josh. Do you think by this weekend we'll kind of know what Canelo's going to do? Do you think it'll probably take the rest of the month to find out? I think I mean, we'll know by this time next week. You think we'll know by this time this week? I mean, we'll see. Um, look, all options interest me in a certain way. Regardless, I want to see Canelo fight in May. You know what I mean? Like Cinco de Mayo, we know the vibes. Uh, you know, uh, like I told you, Josh, if he would have, if he does fight three times, you know, the two times in this year, or, or does the three fights that I said, or I forgot exactly how I laid it out, that would have to be one of the greatest years for a boxer ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. I don't, I don't know exactly what he's gonna do. I don't know exactly what his plans are. Obviously, he's kind of, I, I've seen he's kind of enjoying life. He's doing stuff with golf. He's, he's with his wife. He's with his kids. It was his kid's birthday. His daughter that he has with his, the woman he just married. Uh, so, you know, he's, and he's, he's gone on vacation. So he's enjoying a bit of everything. Obviously, staying very focused on his craft. Uh, obviously, being a, a professional athlete is a very, uh, hard job and it takes up a lot of your time and especially in the fight game, man. Uh, where you, you you go away from your family for sometimes months and months on end and and uh you know obviously they have to deal with the stress of you know seeing you eat a different diet you be dehydrated obviously and then the the, the night of where you have to fight uh and he's been so active dude in the last two years fuck has it been maybe even three years at this point I don't even know anymore man uh that maybe he's gonna take a step back maybe want to do only one fight this year I don't know if he's gonna want to do one fight early in the year one fight at the end of the year the thing is all the options interesting interest me in some capacity i don't think there's a single bad option yeah man i do agree i don't think there's any real bad option for canelo at least at this point in his career obviously the makabu fight 
you know, that fight would have been more anticipated had he actually looked good in his mandatory and had he not actually fought the mandatory to begin with. But even the prospect of Canelo going up to obviously 200 pounds would be pretty interesting. Uh, the Charlotte fight would be interesting, but I feel like obviously the clear the clear one here is the Bivol fight going up to light heavyweight facing one of the top 175ers on the plane. And then obviously the Gennady trilogy. Um, I mean, look, dude, obviously I wish that fight would have happened back in 2018, 2019. I think Gennady was already, she, already out of his prime by the time they fought the second time. I truly think that. I think he probably capped out. Uh, around that first fight, but regardless, he's going to be 40 if it does happen. He has to obviously get through Heroita Murata by then. But regardless, man, obviously there is no bad option um, for Canelo at least in this point in his career. I liked all those fights personally. I hope he does the Bivol and Gennady trilogy. That's the one that interests me the most. But like I said, there's no real wrong option here. Um, yeah, dude. Honestly, that's my all my opinions on. I hope you guys actually did enjoy this episode. As always, I'm at Josh Devon on Twitter. He's at Angel Tate underscore one at Courtside Sound One for all the things relating to the show itself. Hope you guys liked. Peace and bye, Grease. Mouse click.